Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. Good to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're thankful that you're there and that you want to get into God's Word, that you want to learn more from what His Scriptures, the Bible, really teach. And there's so much there for us. When we get into God's Word, we're really reading the best guidebook for mankind that has ever been written. It it leads us into and guides us through the best lifestyle that we can possibly live as human beings on this earth. We're thankful that we can have the opportunity and the ability And the time to be able to teach God's Word through the airwaves of the radio and as we then podcast these programs all over the world through the medium of the Internet. We're thankful that you're there and that you want to learn and that we can teach you God's Word through these programs. We encourage you to tell others about Search the Scriptures. We encourage you to... uh, encourage them also to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. It's free to access all of the study material there. And then tell them about the podcast button. So click on the podcast button, sign up for our podcasting. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or their computer or laptop or pad or tablet or whatever they might choose, they will, they will get Search the Scriptures Monday through Friday automatically. So if they can't fit in to their busy schedules to listen when these programs are broadcast over the radio airwaves, they can still listen through those podcasts. Now, also, they will receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons. And they will receive a Monday, I'm sorry, a seven-day-a-week, Sunday through Saturday, short Bible study called Today's Bible Class. Only about, seven, only about 13 minutes long, but it's there every day getting us into God's Word. So tell everybody, again, it's free. It always will be free. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, just north of Maple, the top of the hill. Bible classes begin at 930 on Sunday morning, followed by worship at 1030. On on Sunday nights, we get back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged. We come together at 6.30 each Wednesday evening for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services, and we hope to see you soon. Now, we're going to get back into our line of thought and study that probably is somewhat surprising to a lot of people who would listen to this, not expecting that we would cover this particular topic as a Bible study. But as we've been seeing through the first several parts of this study, you talk about a whole lot of scriptures that deal with this particular subject, with this problem within the reality of our, our, our culture right now. Boy, I, I can't tell you how many verses of scripture. Laziness is what we're talking about. We're talking about really, in a general theme, heart problems or heart troubles, but we're not talking about the physical heart pumping blood through a circulatory system. We're not talking about heart attacks or, or uh, 
uh, blockages in our cardiovascular system. We're you know, talk, not talking about open heart surgery. That's all physical. We're talking about, from a spiritual perspective, our mindset, our spirit, heart troubles, laziness is a real problem of the heart. It's not something that's forced upon us against our will. It's something that we develop and then devolve further into by choice. We talked about how the Apostle Paul really pointedly condemned this in a text of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 6 through verse 13. He talked about, and he's writing this to the church now, the Lord's church in Thessalonica. So he's talking about basically Christians here who had become lazy. Now, not the whole congregation, but he's telling those in the congregation, hey, uh, do not support lazy people in the congregation in their laziness. He talks about that laziness as being disorderly. And he, and he says, now this is a command that I'm instructing you on, a command by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, if a man will not work, let him not eat. Boy, we wouldn't like to hear that in our society right now, would we? Well, we'd be called all kinds of names, you know, unloving, uncaring, mean-spirited, hateful, all, all kinds of things. But Paul is making a point here that's valid. If a person is too lazy to work for a living, then don't support him in that self-destructive laziness. Help him to understand. In fact, love, in some cases, is best exhibited by telling a person, I love you, but I'm no longer going to support you in your laziness. It's time you get out and get a job. Sometimes parents need to tell that to their children. But a lot of times friends need to tell that to their friends who are just lazy, but they're always asking for handouts. There's a point where our government, all of the different bureaucracies that have been set up with noble intentions of trying to help people who are down and out, but who have become abused by people who are just so lazy. They want the handouts from the public dole, from the taxpayers' dollars, but they don't want to have to go to work to get off of that dole and start to earn their own living. Again, when laziness is supported, laziness is perpetuated. We need to learn that lesson individually as Christians and as a culture. Often lazy people entertain grandiose dreams of what they want to possess and accomplish in life. But they're only dreams. They're only empty wishes, wild desires, unrealistic dreams, really, because they never become motivated to do the work necessary to make those dreams come true, to become reality. We've been looking at a whole lot of verses of Scripture in the book of Proverbs and how laziness is so continually condemned, but we've already seen it's not just in the book of Proverbs. It's basically throughout the, 
that God's word. Remember when he put that first man, Adam, whom he had created in the garden, which God had prepared to be able to sustain mankind with the, with, with the necessities of life, food, water, and so on? He told that man, now, you take care of this garden. You got to do some work here. Don't just lay under a tree in its shade and be lazy all day, every day. Here, we read this in Proverbs 13 and verse 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Again, Proverbs 13 and verse 4. Some people, they, they have almost an instinctive dislike or resentment toward rich people. It doesn't have to be a rich person in the sense that he's got millions and millions of dollars. It could be somebody who just makes a whole lot more money than they make. Really middle class, but they have a whole lot more income than they have because they work for a living and they're lazy. And they don't work for a living. Then they resent them because they have more money, more things, bigger house, nicer clothes. But you see, what the wise man in Proverbs 13 and verse, verse 4 is saying the soul of the diligent, the person who's diligent, who's productive, who goes to work every day, who strives to, to do better in life, he's, he's going to benefit from that. He's going to profit from that. But the soul of a lazy man, well, he desires, he dreams, he wants, he wishes, but he has nothing because he won't work. Notice again, the desire of the lazy man kills him for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Proverbs 21, verses 25 and 26. You can't do with what you don't have, but you can accomplish a lot and gain a lot by doing with what God has blessed you with, your physical and mental abilities and opportunities to have a job, to be productive, to provide for yourself and for your family through honorable, diligent labor. Proverbs 15 and verse 19 says, the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. Now, why, why would the way of a lazy man be described as a hedge of thorns and the way of the, of the upright as a highway? Well, because you see, his laziness keeps, keeps hemming him in from going out and getting a job, doing the work. Now, some people who are lazy perpetually, they'll go out and get a job, and they may work for a week or two, maybe a month, but they're just too lazy to keep on working diligently every day, week in and week out. And so their laziness is like a brick wall in front of them or a hedge of thorns that they, they don't want to... A hedge of thorns? You don't want to walk through a hedge of thorns. You're going to get all cut up. Well, well their laziness is, is kind of that, that, that hedge of thorns. If they went to work every day, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, well, that, see, that would, oh, they don't like that lifestyle. They'd rather be lazy, and so it's like a hedge of thorns. But the way of the upright is like a highway. He goes through life productively and benefiting and being blessed by his diligent labor. Any old excuse 
is good enough to make idleness seem reasonable. And a whole lot of excuses get come up with. Proverbs 22 and verse 13 says this, the lazy man says, there was a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Well, any old excuse. What if there's some danger out there? It's too cold to get out and go to work today. Or it's too hot to get out in that sun and go to work today. Or it's too far. I don't have a car. I can't get there easily. Again, Proverbs 22 and verse 13. Several of these dismal images of laziness are portrayed in rapid succession in Proverbs chapter 26, verses 13 through 16. Listen, the lazy man says, there is a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. Do you get that imagery? I just can't get out of bed. He's just too lazy. Close my eyes, go back to sleep. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. We talked about that earlier. He can't even bring the spoon up to his mouth. He's just too lazy. Falls asleep right there at the table with his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Again, Proverbs 26, verses 13 through 16. How many times does the lazy person get taken in by his own self-deception? He sees somebody working hard every day, and he says, boy, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that kind of physical labor. Well, no, that person he thinks is stupid is making a living. He's getting better, bettering himself. And that lazy person, he thinks he's superior to that one. He won't work for a living because he won't do that kind of manual labor or what he might consider to be a low-class job. And so he suffers the consequences of his laziness. I don't know how many times I've heard people talk about, you know, people who are out of work and somebody said, why, why don't you get a job? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? You want me to flip burgers? That's an honorable job. Or selling shoes in a shoe store. Or doing maintenance or doing house cleaning. I remember a lesson that I learned from my brother when I was just a young man. And it was a lesson that he had learned. And he said, if I need a job and the only job I can get is cleaning toilets, then I'll clean toilets. Now, maybe a month or two later, I'll find a job that's better than that and I may not clean toilets for anybody. But if that's all I can do for the time being, I'll clean toilets. I don't know how young I was, but I was very young when I heard that from him. I have never forgotten it. Labor that is honorable is labor that is productive. And so whatever the job might be, if it's an honorable job, that is a blessing from God because it provides me with an income to take care of myself and my family. 
laziness tries to explain all of that away. Yeah. A person ought to be able to view the ruin of laziness and thereby learn a valuable lesson of a self-destructive lifestyle that they need to avoid. Listen to this text. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles, weeds. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. In other words, I learned a lesson from this. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Proverbs 24, verses 30 through 34. You keep finding an excuse to take a nap when you should be out there working. You keep finding an excuse to not go in today. Well, because maybe you got a headache. Whatever it might be, the excuses keep coming and you become better and better at making them up. Well, so your life becomes like a field that is overgrown with weeds. It is not productive of anything good. You don't get the income that you need to be able to take care of yourself and your family because you're just lazy. Continual neglect will lead to the ruin of whatever is neglected. I remember my father was so diligent. He was a little bit of a general handyman, but he worked a different job, but he could do a whole lot. And he had tools, and he would work with a tool, and then periodically, but regularly, he would oil down those tools to keep them from rusting. Well, a lazy person would probably just let them go to rust. But he wanted those tools to be available to use productively when he needed to do the next job. But again, the lazy man keeps finding excuses to not do what needs to be done. Continual laziness will lead to the ruin of the life of the lazy person. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, we read this, Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles, and your princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. A feast is made for laughter, but money answers everything. Ecclesiastes 10, verses 16 through 19. In other words, be responsible to do what you ought to be doing in a productive way at the right times. Don't put it off. Don't make excuses for not doing it because that ultimately leads to ruin. The Lord's parable of the talents, it was the lazy servant who did nothing with what was entrusted to him by his master who was pronounced wicked and condemned to outer darkness. Matthew 25, verse 18, and verses 24 through 30. He didn't do anything 
The master gave him a sum of money. He went off. He expected him to use that productively. Instead, he didn't do anything with it. He just buried it in the ground. When his master came back, he declared him wicked, lazy servant and cast him out. The Apostle Paul cast the Cretans in a most unfavorable light, describing them in part as lazy gluttons in Titus chapter 1 and verse 12. You see, again, laziness is condemned throughout the scriptures. Not just a point here or there, a time or two, but continually. Now, there are other descriptive terms in the scriptures that vividly portray the principle of laziness. Laziness is described as being slothful. A sloth is an animal that moves so slowly that his very appearance provides a graphic visual aid on the concept of laziness. In Proverbs 18 and verse 9, we read this, he who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Have you ever seen a sloth move, maybe in a, zoo, in a zoo? Boy, keep your eye on it, because it moves so slowly you might miss it. I've compared the way a sloth moves with a teenage boy when you tell him, when a parent tells him, go into your room and clean your room. Well, he moves real slow doing that, doesn't he? Now, prayerfully and hopefully he's going to grow out of that and become productive as a laborer, as a worker at a job somewhere as he gets older and becomes more mature. But that's quite an image there of a sloth. And that's obviously portraying the principle and practice and lifestyle of laziness. There's another one. Sluggard is a similar turn to being slothful. Sluggard. Interesting. The wise man paints a stark contrast between a lazy, unproductive sluggard moving in a slow motion to a busy, by contrast, to a busy, industrious ant. The text reads, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 11. I think we'll come back to that, and I want to give a, 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 an illustration by way, of, by way of comparison and explanation. These are, this is a tough lesson, isn't it? Tough scriptures that we keep reading, but they're productive in the sense that if we will pay attention to them and put them into corrective practice in our lives, our lives will be better. Let's pray. Father, help us to see your ways for our lives and recognize that you have created us and designed us to be productive. Productive on an ongoing basis. Help us, Father, to embrace that reality and your desire for the way we live. 
and to be honorable, productive, wage-earning, and thereby providing individuals to your glory. Thank you for blessing us with abilities and opportunities to work for a living. Guide us in this, Father, please. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.